everybody and welcome to the eight o'clock spot episode three tonight on the grid network's youtube channel and twitter handle i am bryson carver your host we got a a cast of characters as you can already tell uh right off the bat uh like i said we, we we're gonna have some fun tonight a, a, a range of sports topics <laughs> ranging from the nfl to the nba to all things related in the world of sports uh and potentially uh, beyond that into the dc universes we'll get into in i guess in just a second but our first panelist devin the host of the at the bank ravens podcast and i must say devin as i introduce you on here uh i i had to get out my tissues i was just just crushed and just truly devastated that the most meaningless streak in the history of professional sports came in and in last night with your ravens uh finally losing a preseason game sir how are you feeling I'm feeling good, and, and I'm feeling so good that, you know, a Steeler fan had one to start off the show by standing. You know, it lets me know that you're a true hater. I truly appreciate you. I cannot wait to give you hell for the rest of the season now, Bryson. <laughs> and you still got that dirty socks hat on, man. man. Take that, take that, take that bloody thing off, man. Take it off. I can't win with this guy. I can't win with this guy. He's, a, he's an Orioles fan. I'm a Red Sox fan. He's a Ravens fan. I'm a Steelers fan. He's a Lakers fan. I'm a Warriors fan. I can't win with Devin. It's just, it, it's, it's frustrating. Just like and I can't win second. on this show, but I'm going to win a day. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be hotly contested. I can tell you that. Uh, uh, j- joining next is, uh, is, 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 is Bruce Wayne, evidently. Uh, how, how are you doing, Barry? The host of the All Even Podcast. Is this, uh, what is this? You know what the the reason why there's a mask on tonight is because I was robbed last time we were on the show. I had some of the greatest takes you can ever have, and I lost to a complete random guy. It is I, I don't I don't like this. I don't like this. So like I said, I'm the wrench. I don't plan to win. I don't think I'm gonna win, but I need to win. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That doesn't make an ounce of sense. That doesn't make an it ounce makes of all sense. The sense. It makes all the sense. I don't. So what are you doing? Are you are you doing the show under protest? Yes. Oh my goodness! And that's a shot at Alfred that I will not stand for. Shout out to Alfred Parser Jr. here at the Grid Network. And our final guest, a special guest, is the host, the co-host of the Fan Perspective Podcast, a good buddy of mine, John Rivera, is joining the eight o'clock spot, wearing a hat of a team that, if I'm not mistaken, just got swept by the Boston Red Sox over the weekend. Uh, yeah, John, John, what what happened, sir? How are you doing? You made a man flip his hat backwards. <laughs> Just, just sums up the season, man. We, we stink, we stink right now. But as a true fan, I'm always gonna rep the Yankees, man. So it's all good. Whatever. I don't want to hear it. Okay, let's move on to, uh, first of all, our leaderboard. Before we get into the rules, our leaderboard through the first couple of shows. Barry Grant Jr. in first place. He's talking about this thing is rigged and, and, and stuff. He's up there with, with almost 13,000 points. Alfred Parsar Jr., the re- most recent champion, defending champion. Unfortunately, not here to reclaim his crown. Devin Nettles, you are in third, followed by Mike Guido and Dalton Brown in fifth place to round out the five. John Rivera will obviously be in the standings. Who knows? Maybe maybe might be in the lead by the end of the night, depending on how it goes. So, before we get into our First topic, let's look at the rules for the 8 o'clock spot for the first round. In the first round, and this is all subjective, ladies and gentlemen, I give the uh, the, the, the go-ahead in terms of, of point totals. If you give a great take on a topic, you get 200 points. A good take is 100 points. An okay take is 50 points. And a bad take, you don't get nothing. A big fat goose egg is zero points uh, in this round. So, 
Let's move on to our first topic. Jonathan Taylor. This is the never-ending saga uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. So, Jonathan Taylor wants an extension. There's reports. We talked about this a couple weeks ago about how there was uh, reports of him having uh, injury issues. He says he didn't. Jim Irsay g- gives some very questionable com- uh, comments regarding uh, you know, whether or not uh, the, the, the world even matters if Jonathan Taylor or Jim Irsay are even in it. Uh, and now you have the Colts, uh, the newest developments. They have given uh, Jonathan Taylor the okay to seek a trade and see what his market looks like, which is a, a big topic regarding the bigger conversation of running backs getting paid or not. I will start with Devin. Devin, your reaction uh, to this news, and do you think Jonathan Taylor does end up on a contender in the long run, or does he stay in Indianapolis? Um, This news is like, wow, number one, because number, number two, I feel like Jonathan Taylor will end up on another uh, team. I, don't, I think the coach has really put themselves in the pickle. I think the coach is – Stupid, but even putting your best player in this in this type of predicament. Um, Jonathan Taylor is the premier running back in my eyes. I feel like Jonathan Taylor is a top five running back in his in my eyes. And I feel like you should try to keep your best player on your team because you know everybody else has left. Andrew Luck has left. Uh TJ uh T.Y. Hilton has left. Um, and we really don't know other than the future quarterback that the coach have who's the real star on that team, really. So I, I think that the coach really put themselves in, the, in in a real bind because, like I said, he's the top ten running back, top five running back in my opinion. And whatever team that gets him is going to be a, a contender. And I think the Bills should be in that contention to trying to get him. I think if the Bills will go out here and put a nice trade package to get Jonathan Taylor, I think they will put themselves back in contention and not be underneath Jets in my opinion. That's interesting, and then the fact that you've already got the Jets above the Bills, that and, and the Buffalo struggled for a long time with their running game, so that could potentially be a huge addition. And by the way, the Colts are asking for either a first-round pick, which seems a bit much just in terms of the running back market, uh, as, as John Jones flashing the, the Jets there as is potentially the best team in the division, or something that amounts to a first-round pick. That's very vague. I don't really know what that means, uh, but we'll see. Barry, your thoughts on Jonathan Taylor? You've been outspoken as I about uh, how the running back position and its value has declined uh, drastically over the past few years your thoughts on the Jonathan Taylor situation does he get traded does he stay in Indy yeah I think um I think the chances are very good for him to get traded I mean you know you got Jim Irsay saying that you know running backs pretty much don't have value and then all of a sudden they're attaching a first round pick to him it's very very funny in regards to how they want to do that um the problem that the Colts are having and the problem that a lot of teams have with this particular dynamic is that if your running back is your best player you have a problem, and this is what their problem is, is that when your running back is your best guy, the team is not normally balanced and you have some issues. So um, are they going to be able to get value for him? Uh, we'll see. I, I don't know any team that's willing to you know, give up a couple of draft picks for him. We'll see um, because also you're going to have to pay him on top of that. So there's a lot of things, there's a lot of different factors that 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 come into play for Jonathan Taylor. I mean, you, you see Josh Jacobs just pretty much end his whole out. He's pretty much going to cave. Jonathan Taylor doesn't, and he's going to get shipped out. And you know, we'll see who who comes up. You know, it, it's I don't know what the market is for him. That's the problem. Is that there's there's not a clear cut favorite for who would take a Jonathan Taylor. That's the issue. And you think about it, you make a great point about you know, Jim Irsay saying it doesn't matter, and then attaches, "Hey, we, we want a first round pick for him." It's, it's talking out of both sides of your mouth. It's very inconsistent uh, with what right. you know what the message has been to this point about Jim Jonathan Irsay. Taylor. It makes it, sense. It's, 
<laughs> it's exactly he's he i don't think we give jim ursay enough heat for how uh all over the place and dysfunctional he's he's turned the colts into uh we, you know peyton manning and andrew luck i think masked that for a very long time and now you're sort of seeing uh what has come to in the past half decade john rivera uh your thoughts on jonathan taylor does he get traded uh who does he get traded to maybe the jets i don't know the jets are getting everybody uh but you know or does he stay in indianapolis no no like you said uh never had a good point i think the best team will be buffalo i've been saying buffalo to get a good running back for the last few years. That's all they've been missing over there. Um, yeah, like you said, and Barry, like you said, it, 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 it's definitely a tough market right now for running backs in general, but it's, 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 it's a game of bluff right now, right? You got a rookie quarterback. What's a rookie quarterback's best friend? The hand that ball off, right? And I and, and if your best player is a running back, it, you can, it, it's all right. Uh, Derrick Henry be the best player in Tennessee for about the last six years, right? I think that that'll work, but I think at the end of the day, it's whoever calls bluff first, man. Like I said, you got a rookie running quarterback, and you need that running game to rely on, man. He's a top five quarterback in the league, so it's whoever whoever blinks first, man. I think he should actually hold out and do it like an Emmitt Smith and let them struggle because they're gonna struggle regardless too. But they're gonna struggle real bad if they don't got Jonathan Taylor there, and uh, that's why I think he should do personally. But I think it's a game of bluff right now, you know. The owner definitely, like I said, you always have a riff with the owner and a star player, anyways, and always come back. You know, y'all guys like the Dallas Cowboys, you know, or some of you guys like the Dallas Cowboys. A couple years back with that Zeke Elliott, he got that contract earlier. And if you want to compare careers at this point, uh, Jonathan Taylor had a way better career so far, like, you know, in the first two years than uh, Ezekiel Elliott. And, you know, Jerry Jones gave him the bag. So I think at the end of the day, they're not going to see – they're not going to get a first-round pick at this moment for their running back. You know, if it was, you know, uh, beginning of the offseason, maybe – Right now, they're not going to get value, so it's whoever call each other bluff. And I think he will still be on Indy this season. You know, we think all, all the time about the fact how uh, in these negotiations, how billionaires often have more power, but oftentimes, at least we've seen, you mentioned with the Cowboys, John, and the, the millionaires have gotten uh, the better end of the, of the deal in the long run. They've, you know, the, the, they haven't had to compromise, at least in, in the long uh, long run, the, the millionaires haven't, uh, and the billionaires right. have. So uh, before we get to our point totals, let's get to some comments. Everybody's uh, tuning in. We got Max7373, hashtag Team Devin. We got a fan of yours, Devin, in the building, uh, <laughs> rooting for the host of the Act the Bank podcast. Uh, our guy Parnell, the host of the Commander's Demand podcast here on the he says, love to see Taylor in Buffalo or Miami. Maybe Miami because of head coach Mike McDaniels and how he incorporates offense. I damn sure don't want to see him in Dallas just to satisfy Barry. And he says, is Barry <laughs> wearing a Miami Dolphins colors right now? Are you, Barry? No. Because yeah, I, I, I was thinking I was thinking like Boston Celtics, but no, I know that just goes against no, you. No, no. you Barry's kidding? Bringing, Barry's bringing out his old Jet stuff. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's so hopping on the bandwagon now that it's yeah. starting to get – Let's not forget where you this started This is not a jet from. shirt, not, sir, okay? Let's not forget where you started from, sir. Uh, I'll, and I'll never go back, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a smart decision when it's all said and done, although you chose the Dallas Cowboys, so I'm not that, sure you got a whole lot better. Right, right. That's what uh, she said. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, so to Devin, uh, first point. So I thought it was a great take, Devin. I'm going to give you 200 points. You get the max uh, point total for this round. Uh, especially in terms of the negotiating fa uh, negotiations factors uh, between those two. Barry, uh, you say it's rigged. Uh, I'm giving you the max, buddy. You, you, you had a good take there, especially when it comes to you. You were talking about the first-round pick aspect and, and again, the whole uh, disconnect between Jonathan Taylor and, and Jim, Ur Jim Ursay. I'm going to give you 100, John, John, because you did make a fair point. I, I thought you had a good take. You made a fair point regarding, you know, uh, there's been players in the past, like Derrick Henry, who's been the best player on their team as a running back. Uh, but, again, what has it won them in the long run? That's the thing that – 
I think we're missing. And ultimately, the, the name of the game in the NFL in any sport is to win a championship and win a Super Bowl. Moving on to the second round or second round rules. Same as the first round rules. It just gets doubled. It's twice as nice. Great take is 400 points. Good take, 200 points. And okay take is 100 points. And a bad take, you get nothing. Let's move on to our next topic regarding your New York Jets, John John. The offensive line has been a bit of a concern in training camp as Aaron Rodgers, who has been happy-go-lucky Aaron throughout training camp and throughout the offseason. The one area he hasn't been, and he's been, I guess, cautiously optimistic, is whether or not the 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 Jets can get their offensive line right. Uh, and obviously we know, as I've talked about before on my show, carving it up uh, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays on the grid, uh, is that offensive lines, they're like air conditioning systems. Like, you only notice them when they're not working. And Aaron's had a lot of great offensive lines in Green Bay, but we'll see how it plays out in the long run uh, with the Indianapolis Colts. I'll start with the former Jets fan, Barry Grant Jr., and a big Aaron Rodgers fan in the building. Uh, do you think this comes back to bite the Jets and potentially hurts their Super Bowl chances? Uh, I think it's a wait-and-see type of situation, Bryson, because, you know, their offensive line is not tested right now. They're going to get tested in the first two weeks of the season with the Bills and the Cowboys. Those are two teams that have great pass rushes. Um, they're going to find out very, very quickly if that offensive line is good enough or if they're going to need to make changes. Jason Peters that came out, I think it was today recently, and said that, hey, listen, if they need help, I'll be able to be ready and, and, and ready to go and, and sign with them if, if need be. So if that's an option for them, he, you know, he can definitely do a lot to help those young guys on that offensive line, be professional, understand how to, you know, I, I think he helped Dallas a great deal last year. So uh, he was a good spot starter for them last year. So if that's an option for them, it's, it's, it's open, but it's pretty much a wait and see type of situation. Yeah, and it's, I think for the Jets, it's it's a question about whether or not they're able to, because Aaron Rodgers has uh, historically throughout his career been a guy who gets the ball out of his hands quick. We talked about the great arm he has. He's never really historically, certainly in the past few years, even his MVP years, been a guy who just takes, it just bombs away like Brett Favre was, just taking shots down the field constantly. Uh, so it's a fair point whether or not the offensive line will be as big of a concern as we might think. To John Rivera, you are the Jets fan in the house, uh, the loyal Jets fan uh, in the house, uh, sticking, with, uh, sticking with the guys. Thank you. And green, uh, do you think this potentially hurts the Jets in the long run to uh, to compete for a Super Bowl? Hey, use the words from that bad man. You gotta relax. It's gonna be all right, man. It's the preseason, right? We got a few different uh, new pieces in there, you know, to work with. New system. It's new everything. Like literally new everything. You gotta learn this stuff. You know what I mean? So you know, two preseason games in, I think we'll be all right. You just alluded to that Aaron gets the ball out of his hand fast. We got two prominent runners by Southern Dalvin Cook. Like, you can hand the ball off. That can cover up some of your, you know, offensive woes. And like I said, just like Aaron Rodgers said, just relax, man. It's, it's early, and we'll get it together, man. Like I said, it's new everything. So, you know, everything ain't going to click, you know, in the first couple games. So, we'll see, though. But, yeah, we'll, we'll be all right. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. That's interesting. You sound like uh, you sound like uh, you know uh, Bob Marley. Every little thing. I don't, I don't want to get uh, uh, yeah. on YouTube. I don't, I don't want to do access, that. bro. Don't do it. Yeah, I, I know. They're, they're going to take this show off of YouTube if I do that. Uh, moving on. to it's, it's a good point, though, John. John. Moving on to Devin uh, as a team. Like, Listen, I may be a Steelers fan, but I can get props for us, too. The Ravens have been a team that have had a great offensive line over the last few uh, last few years, especially with Lamar. So you would know a thing or two about that. Do you think this hurts the Jets? Do you think this, whether it costs them division, maybe costs them a playoff game in the future? We know Aaron Rodgers' playoff struggles in the past. Do you think this hurts them uh, when it comes to them contending for a Super Bowl? Um, a little bit, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead on the limb and say that, like what John said, that Aaron Ross didn't get the ball in his hand quick. So that's one thing that the Jets really got in the plus uh, factor for them, that uh, Aaron Rodgers only hold the ball maybe 
point five ten, you know, point five seconds, you know, at a time. So that's that's a good thing. And you know, most offensive lines break down at the three seconds. So he got that uh, curve and hit him. He also got Dalvin Cook also be back there with him. He can, Dalvin Cook is a home run hitter running back that, you know, if he can catch the ball at the screen, he gets a wide open field. You know, Dalvin Cook can take it home. So I feel like the Jets can escape some games. Like their offensive line won't show up as much. But like Barry said, those those first two weeks is going to be a test. And if they can get a test early in the beginning of the season, they can adjust throughout the rest of the season. So – Long as the Jets don't be like the Miami Heat, I mean the Miami Dolphins start off hot in the beginning of the season, and then once you get to December and January, once the weather starts changing, gets a little cold, offensive line gets a little bit worn down, then I think that's where we'll start seeing the wolves of the Jets um offensive line. You bring up an interesting point because I think we're talking about the Jets' offensive starters and the whole Makai Becton issue has been an, a problem for him as well ever since he was drafted there. Uh, but we also forget the fact that, that their depth offensively in the offensive line, the Bills are dealing with the same problem, has been compromised as well uh, due to injuries. So whether or not they can sustain that over the course of the long run is, is you know remains to be seen. We do have a comment, and everybody feel free to comment uh, in the comment section here on YouTube or on Twitter. Uh, Parnell says, only that Rodgers needs to show that he is the Aaron Rodgers of old. Bryson talked about his mindset and how he is in New York uh, than the last few years in Green Bay. New York can be a huge change for him. He's a big city guy. So, yeah, I think that is that's very much a factor uh, in terms of his attitude change to a certain extent. I will start with Barry uh, in this first segment. Uh, solid take. I'll give you a, a good take. I, I don't I I think you're minimizing the, the offensive line a little bit um, yeah, because of, I guess we're so used to seeing Aaron Rodgers play with so many great offensive lines in Green Bay. Uh, they might have had an issue putting together, you know, good skill position players, uh, skill position units. But, uh, you know, in, in terms of the offensive line, that was never a problem to John Rivera. Minimizing uh, the offensive line. You did a little bit. You did a little bit. Last year. Oh, you're going back and forth. Take some points away. I'm I know. I'm thinking about it. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about it. Uh, solid take, John. I'm going to give you a good take on that one as well. You weren't minimizing it quite as much as Barry, uh, but you make interesting points on whether or not you know the, the connection between Rodgers and the offensive line uh, is going to be something to see in the long run. Devin Nettles is in first place as we go into the final group round. Uh, I, I thought he had a great take because you you, you you're mentioning about how you know, this is going to be a, uh, in terms of their depth, is going to be a, uh, a question as well for the Jets uh, when it's all said and done. So I, th I think it's an interesting question to ask. Uh, I, look at that. Parnell's being very, uh, this is my first positive comment thus far. Bryce is doing a fantastic job as a host. Thank you, Parnell. That's that's a very very nice of you to say. I, I appreciate that a lot. I appreciate that a lot. Moving on to the final round, and this, this is big here because we want to move on, I should say the third round because we want to get to the final round, and it's neck and neck right now. Again, everything else is doubled from the second round. Great take, 800 points. Good take, 400 points. Okay, take take 200 points and a bad take is a big fat goose egg and this is a doozy is James Harden with the Philadelphia 76ers so here's how it started he goes to China he's promoting I guess his his uh his shoe brand and he's talking about how Daryl Morey is a liar in regards to the contract negotiations that we've had this is dating back to last year that this was a problem uh the NBA has just fined him about 100k uh for making such comments they're still I guess investigating the situation uh and it just continues to get uglier and uglier by the day I will start with you John Rivera uh the, this whole situation with James Harden, uh, do you think Philadelphia is able to move on from him, or do you think he ends up staying and this becomes Ben Simmons 2.0? Uh, no, nah, I don't think he. I don't think he stays for the season. I think he. That's the key word for the whole season. I think you know we're getting close to you know basketball comes in October, so they're definitely behind behind the uh, the scenes trying to work something out with the Clippers with somebody. You know what I mean? Trying to get them out of there for sure. Um. You know, I mean, like I said, he said he's a liar. That fine could be questionable. I mean, people could use their own words. I mean, he, he just called him a liar. He didn't call him out his name as far as, you know, 
use this board or that word. So on that fine, it's, it's whatever with the fine. But I don't see James Harden on the team, you know what I mean, starting the season, on the team as on the court. Like I said, I'm going to keep using that word as the court. But he will be traded by the beginning of the season at some point. So he won't be in the Sixers uniform. They're going to get – the trade value definitely went down as well, you know what I mean? And that's that's what sucks, you know what I mean, for both. Because he, you know, because the Sixers will try to get something back for him. But, yeah, he definitely won't be a Sixer. Like I said, to start the season, he won't be on the floor. He won't be in the Sixer uniform again. Let me say that. Let me clear so, it all so you up. think he's played his last game as a Sixer, but he'll remain he the in the organization until he gets traded? Yeah, he played yeah, – until he gets traded, he played his last game as a Sixer. Interesting. Else. Very interesting. So, and I think too, where this part we're forgetting is the fact that, like, there, there's, I, I think both guys have completely misunderstood one another in a bad way. Where James Harden's saying, Hey, I expected you to give me a max contract after this year. Daryl Morey's saying, Well, I expected to, but then you're, here's the reports you're flirting with going back to Houston and turning your back on me. So, this is, again, it's just a bad situation all the way around. I'll go to you, Devin. Now, D- does this, uh, what does this mean for Philly? What does it mean for Harden? Um, <clears throat> for Harden, uh, Pernell said it. Fat suit is on its way. <laughs> um, he is he's going to find his way to get out of there. And he already took uh, the first jab by calling uh, Moore a liar. You know what I mean? So I feel like once you start ruffling feathers in the, in the NBA world, you know, because this is NFL, because this would be like a Jonathan Taylor type situation almost, except that James Harden is not the number one guy in Philly. But um, as far as the NBA-wise, uh Dan Moore, Daryl Moore should not be mad because James Hurt, James Harden was flirting to go back to Houston. That's the part of business. It's the same way as part of business as you thought about that James Harden doesn't deserve a max contract. And we all believe that James Harden max deals is pretty much is behind him. But I do believe that if, if James Harden is your guy, you feel like that he's a good attribute to your team, why not just give him a, a three-year nice contract, you know what I mean, where he can opt out if, you know – both parties can opt out on the third year, some type of deal in that nature, because you did a lot. You wanted James Harden and James Harden wanted to come to Philly um, when he became GM. So I feel like uh, James Harden is out of Philly. Um, I don't think that he's the Ben Simpson 2.0 because James Harden is not scared to take the last shot. <laughs> Uh, that's I uh, listen. The, the pro- part of the problem with that is the fact that we've gotten into a lot of playoff series, and he hasn't been around to take the last shot because they've gotten blown off the floor in a lot of closeout games. That's been a biggest issue uh, for Philadelphia and even for Houston back in the day uh, when when he was there. Uh, Barry, you talked about this in your show recently. You know, in this whole uh, dispute, and you you posed the idea that hey, Harden might be out of the league in two years. Explain that, and even go beyond the fact. Like, what does this mean for Harden in Philadelphia moving forward from here, Bryson? You're a young man, but I'm sure the other panelists will understand what I'm going to say right now. You ever had a girl in your life that is a toxic person and guys break up or she leaves and all of a sudden you still have that feeling of trying to resurrect the relationship and then you guys rekindle and everything is going good until it doesn't and you got burned twice. Daryl Morey is in a situation where he's gotten burned twice by the same player. Daryl Morey has a lot to hold here in regards to the blame, but also we all know that James Harden is Mr. Mr. I don't have any accountability. The problem that uh, Daryl Morey had or James Harden has is when you call somebody a liar, automatically they're going to talk, talk about contract. They're going to talk about money. That was the narrative that was being spread out there, that Daryl Morey promised him an X amount of dollars and 
that's why he, he's calling him a liar. No, no, no. The fact that Daryl Morey said that, okay, you can opt into your deal and I'll probably try to find a deal for you. But if there's no deal to be had, why should Daryl Morey trade you for nothing? That's not going to happen. This is a this is a business at the end of the day. He's not just going to trade uh, Harden for pennies to the Clippers. Why would he do that? How is that going to help the Sixers? So at this point, he's going to stay a Sixer until somebody gets desperate and wants to give him a valuable package. If that's not going to happen and he's going to sit there and he's going to get fined out the wazoo the entire season, he's going to cost himself a year. James Harden will be one of those guys to sit there and be fine with that. And everybody or there's going to be some people out there that are going to be very sympathetic to him. But that's the issue. That's the issue that I have with this whole thing is that it's always somebody else's fault and not James Harden's problem. Seem to be that case going back to Houston, then Brooklyn, now Philly. Like it's it's been a pattern for him, and past behavior tends to predict future future behavior, as we you know the old saying goes. Uh, that 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 has certainly been an issue, with no question, uh, when it comes to Philly, and certainly for James Harden. Uh, yeah, yeah. Part, like you mentioned, uh, Devin Parnell in the comments, fat suit and trade part three for James Harden. Here we come, and he says, did Philly win the Ben Simmons trade for James Harden? Parnell, audience, I don't think anybody won that. Ben Simmons can't play a game in Houston. Uh, I'm sorry, in in Brooklyn. Uh, James Harden now wants out of Philadelphia and has had two disasters at the end of the season, back-to-back years, which is, as we all know, has kind of become his brand. Uh, yeah. You know, going back to his days in Houston, that's been a, a big issue. What's yeah, that, Joe? I don't, I, don't, I, no, I don't think he gets fined. I don't think he gets fined for missing games. I think they come to a type of agreement where he just sits to their final trade partner. And that's why I said he won't put a Sixers jersey on anymore. And this will be the last season or two for MB. Yeah, that's Probably. a bigger story. I talked about you know, yesterday on my yeah, show. Maybe. I think that's something that we're not giving enough, uh, you know, uh, right. enough attention to. Uh, and no question about. It. I, 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 go to go to John John first to give you seven uh, seven hundred points uh, in total for the game. Uh, he meets some solid points regarding like, hey, well, James Harden, he may technically be a Sixer, he just may not necessarily play with the Sixers. Uh, that could be an issue, uh, you know, when it when we get to the season, like you mentioned in October and moving forward, especially depending on whether or not Philly struggles to start the season uh, and whether that relationship is mended. I I, I can't see that happening. Uh, moving to Devin, you got to a, a thousand points there, Devin. I think you made some really good points. Especially when you were you were you were talking about how uh, you know the relationship and the back and forth and and things of that nature and uh, Barry Grant Jr. You're in first place, my man. You're going going to the final round with Devin uh, with 1,200 points. Uh, your analogy regarding uh, significant others was 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 why I love. I'm always a sucker for analogies. So you can always get me uh, with yeah, that. So it fit. It does. It does. I'm I'm with you. So uh, before we move on to the final round, uh, Mr. John Rivera, I'm sorry to say that's uh. Uh, you, you have to you have to dip out. Hey man, like I said, it sums up the season as a Yankee fan. You know what I mean? Love it. We're not gonna win. We're not gonna win every game. You know what I mean? Even though we gave it our best. You got, you got you, you got, got get points days, for giving your best. You good days ahead. You got good days ahead, John. John, the Jets are gonna have a right. good season, man. Exactly. exactly. I know. Exactly. For sure. Appreciate you stopping by, John. John. All right, man. Yeah, guys. Thanks. Oh, Sir, man. John Rivera, one of the best of the business fan perspective podcast. Check it out. Uh, okay, so we move on to the final round, a rematch of the first uh, 8 o'clock spot game. It's Devin Nettles. It's Barry Grant Jr. Devin looking for his first uh, single game title. And Barry looking for two to, out of the first three to start this brand new game show. And I have a feeling this is going to be a fun one because we got two Lakers fans and I'm a Warriors fan. So I'm going to be very, very interested to see your takes <laughs> on this particular subject. <laughs> 
It's already rigged, man. It's already rigged. Somebody's got to win. Somebody's got to win, right? Let's see what happens. Going to the final round here, before we get into the topic, here are the rules. It's all or nothing, folks. Final round. If you win, you get 10,000 points, which could really boost your overall standings uh, in in terms of whether or not you can, uh, you know, potentially win the whole thing once we get to the end of the season. The loser, you come home empty-handed. Think of it as fast money in Family Feud. It's kind of similar to it in that regard. And our final topic is one that has been discussed uh, throughout most, if not all, of the NBA media because we are kind of an NBA dead space right now, and so we're looking for any discussion we can Gilbert Arenas had Steph Curry on his show recently and he asked him point blank are you the greatest point guard of all time and Steph Curry said straight up yes and then he went on for the next minute and a half to praise Magic Johnson to talk about how it's an honor to even be in that conversation yada 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 before I even ask anybody their opinions I love the fact that I, I I'm glad there was like a false humility by Steph like well it's subject no I'm glad he put himself out there Magic would do the same any m- most great players would do the same so I appreciate that uh from Mr. Curry but I'll start here with Devin in this final round looking for his first title uh point blank who's the greatest point guard of all time Steph Curry or Magic Johnson and is it a legitimate debate it's a legitimate debate. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm most definitely going to put there. There's no disrespect to Magic Johnson or Steph Curry. I felt like both of them had changed the game. They both had elevated the uh, position. But I might have to ride with Steph. I feel like Steph, because Steph can get two faults of uh, being the greatest point guard. He can get one because he was the guy that uh, elevated the game and changed the game in a bad way. Because now people is coming down on fast break shooting threes. Everybody wants to be like Steph. When it comes to that regard, also Steph, you know, also became uh, he's the guy that was came out the mud, in my opinion. He was the guy that really didn't go to a high level uh college, he went to Davidson. Nobody really slept on uh, people, a lot of people slept on him. So when he did get into the pros, he had a lot of injuries that slowed him down in the beginning. A lot of people didn't feel like Steph Curry was even going to make it this far in his career, they thought that he was going to be he was too fragile, was too small. Um, and he just wasn't that guy. Steph just came and elevated each year and got better and better. Um, he checked off every box that everybody had questions about him, whether he should have been finals MVP when K- uh, KD was there, whether um, is he even in the conversation with Magic Johnson. And it is crazy that um, he's not even in the same comparison as Magic Johnson as a style of point guard because we all thought that, well, how come the point guard, Chris Paul, is not in this conversation? So for Steph uh, to actually blew out Chris Paul in this conversation and to be mentioned uh, with Magic Johnson, I think that, you know, it deserves a nod. But I give to Steph because you can give to Steph bad, good, bad, uh, good, bad, by him changing the point guard position. That's interesting. And, and something I talked about uh, that I think w- big thing that people are missing, uh, and I talked about this last uh, yesterday on my show, is the fact that we talk about, hey, a Steph, you really a pure point, like you mentioned, like a Chris Paul or John Stockton or somebody. People forget Magic Johnson was primarily a point guard, but he played shooting guard a lot of the first part of his career in, in L.A. Uh, with the Lakers uh, you know, when he was there with a prime Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Uh, he played a little bit of power forward from time to time, so he was a very versatile player. Again, I always talk about in the whole GOAT debate, we talk about Jordan and LeBron. The closest thing to Jordan is Kobe. The closest thing to LeBron is Magic Johnson. So stylistically, those are the closest two things we've seen. As far as Steph, uh, with the possible exception of Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, we really haven't seen anything close to him in terms of a playing style. Uh, So it's a very interesting conversation to have from a stylistic standpoint. Uh, I'll go to you, Barry. Uh, Who do you think is the greatest point guard ever, and do you think it is a legitimate debate? Uh, I don't think it's a legitimate debate. And that's no that's no disrespect to Steph Curry. I think what what did people want Steph Curry to say when he, when he was asked the question? 
every player is always going to say that they're the best because that's how you view yourself. That's how you're going to be able to elevate yourself when you're playing basketball, when you're playing any type of sport. You need to know that you are the best. Even if you're not, you got to feel that way. So um, the reason why I say it's not a legit debate, and it's not it's not any shade to Steph, right? You have people say that Jordan is the best player of all time. That's no shade to anybody else. It's the fact that he's just the greatest. The thing is, with Magic Johnson, if we're going to make the case for Magic, and I'm making the case for Magic, is that he literally saved basketball. He saved the NBA. If it wasn't for Magic Johnson and Larry Bird and that rivalry of Celtics-Lakers in the 80s, there would be no Steph Curry right now. So for that reason, this is why I I, I can respect Steph. He's definitely in, in somewhere in my top five in regards to point guards of all time. If you want to put him second, if people want to put him, wherever you want to put him, that's fine. But for me, all the intangibles and everything that came with Magic Johnson, the number one overall pick, and living up to the expectations, having the Lakers win the championship in his rookie season, those things matter. He won championships in literally three decades, right? Like 79, 80, if you want to call that, 80s, the, the early 90s. This is a guy that played in nine finals. He won three MVPs as a as a traditional natural point guard. That's not common. It isn't. So all of these things, all of these accolades, and, and let's let's even think about this as well. Ten seconds left, Barry. He had to retire early, and his, his the assist record would be a lot higher if he didn't have to retire early as well. So there's a lot of things with Magic that, you know, he's the best. He's the best. That's interesting, too. And I talked about that yesterday, about how, you know, we talk about they changed the game. But into, from an off-court standpoint, from a business standpoint, yeah, you're exactly right. Magic and Bird, uh, the finals were on tape delay in the 70s. The NBA was irrelevant in the 70s. Uh, and Magic Johnson, that rivalry, Celtics-Lakers, Magic Bird, uh, certainly brought it back in that regard. Both of you, while you had different answers, I thought made incredible points. Uh, e even though I, I I actually agree with Barry in terms of Magic uh, being the best, I, I, I do think it's a lot. I do agree with Devin in the sense I think it's a lot closer than people give it credit for because, again, yeah. Steph literally changed how a sport is played um and, and, and there's no shade to Steph. it's just you know what sure. i mean like there's no shade either okay so this this that you see you guys made it really tough on me but you know what with great power comes great responsibility that's right i have decided with it all said and done the winner of the eight o'clock spot in episode three is barry grant jr Coming back to win once again. If we can get the the the, the victory music playing uh, for Perry. Oh no, no, not that one. Roll on, roll on. Here we go. Hang on, hang on. This is the victory music right here. Wait a minute. Where is it? Oh my goodness. Did you lose my music? Okay, hey, no. Your thoughts, Barrington. You know. I, I I felt horrible for two weeks, right? Because you know Alfred won, and then we were off last week, and I'm just like I I had to sit on that loss for two weeks. I'm like, you know what? I I, I gotta come back strong. I gotta come back. I gotta make sure people realize that the wrench is here, and I aim to win every time. Although I don't care. Ah, that stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> but You're I tripping. That's crazy. Right. But Devin, I appreciate you, man. You brought the heat today. You know, you are you are a great competitor. We we we've had some nice some nice debates here on the eight o'clock spot. You're the man, but you came up just a bit short today. That's all. That's all. I, I feel like I feel like the the character was 
you just a little bit, gotta be a little bit more quickness. Well, I, it was cool though, you know. It, it's all right. I, I'm gonna get my shine one day, and when I get my shine, best believe I will shine. It's a long yeah. season. That's long season. Uh, you know, I respect that. Before we get out of here, get to, uh, get to some comments because uh, we got we got a lot of people in here uh, discussing uh, things. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Parnell says, uh, Bryson probably voting Steph because he loves Steph and Golden State. Listen, I'm still objective. I love Steph. I think he can pass Magic. But today, I have to go with the great Magic Johnson uh, as the greatest point guard ever until proven otherwise. That could change uh, and, is with a couple more titles. That, yeah, exactly. It could be a, a big time discussion. The Cowboys can't fan the comments. Winner, winner, chicken dinner uh, for Barry Grant Jr. Uh, for the second time in three weeks. Uh, P Fury, Queens stand up. Uh, there's some, some shout out to the great city, uh, great, great borough of Queens, New York. Uh, and, and again, Max says, uh, here we go with the hate again, LOL. Still team <laughs> Devin. I, I know, OG, team. man. They won't let me shine, but I'm going to get oh, there one day, OG. Come on, man. Don't do that to me. <laughs> Poor- Last thing before we get out of here, and I appreciate you too, and appreciate John, John, both uh, all, all three of you are incredible competitors today. Let's look at our leaderboard before we go into next week's show. So Barry Grant Jr., a sizable lead in first place with two championships. He's got o- over 24,000 points. Alpha Parso Jr., no, did not compete this week, but still maintaining that second place spot at 11,000 points. Devin Nettles, 4,700. Mike Guido, 1,700. Dalton Brown with 750. I'm sorry, uh, 970. And John Rivera with 700 points. We appreciate him coming on the show today as well. No question about it. Uh, last thoughts. I'll go to Devin. Then I'll go to Barry before we get out of here. Your thoughts, uh, Devin, and your your how you uh, your outlook on next week? First of all, I'm disappointed in y'all too. Y'all should have go ahead and crown me. I tried to get on your side when I got on step side. I should have. I know. I, I, I saw right through that, Devin. I tried the brown nose a little bit. Try to get me a little bit of brownie points, but. Ain't work out this week, but um, like I said, man, I appreciate y'all guys always, man, and and always check out MTMO and at the bank, man, always because y'all can always find us on the grid network, find me on YouTube, you can find me on uh all social media platforms, check me out, dope content. I guarantee you will not be disappointed. Absolutely. That I agree with 100%. But you, you weren't gonna, the, the Steph thing, I felt like I was a little bit just trying to get on my side. I, I, I could see through it. Just a little bit. We we don't do BS on the eight o'clock spot. Okay, we don't oh, do that. Oh, oh, now y'all want to change the rules. Now y'all oh, want to change, change the rules. The rules. No, 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 no. We didn't do that. Technically, I agree with Barry because I think Magic's the best today. Uh, but again, that could change next year. Barry, uh, t- t- two championships in three years for a guy who doesn't care about uh, winning. You 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 sure do seem to put a lot into it. Uh, and can I get by with at least another week of of no collusion talk? Because uh, you're sounding like a, a certain individual is running for president. If I do say so myself. Good thoughts, Barry. You passed. Listen, I. I- I put the mandate out there before the show. You did listen. You moderate well every week. Some my, sometimes I be in my feelings. All right, no, that that, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you don't do a good job. That's all it is. That's all it is. All right. I still okay. will never forgive you for giving Alfred a win over me. That that'll oh, never. Yeah. I'll never live that down. Never live that down. But as yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 go, no, go ahead. I was just going to mention the fact that we're going to have to make that that rematch between you and Alfred happen again. Oh yeah, it's, it's, that, it's definitely going now. But the last thing I'll say before we, we we get out of here is that I refuse to spend any money to watch those New York Mets. I refuse mm-hmm. to buy any any uh, uh, paraphernalia, <laughs> any merchandise. I am not going to support garbage. I can support garbage at home. I am not wasting any time or any money to support those Mets until 2024 or possibly 2025.
They need to get their act together, get some pitching in that farm system, and call up Mauricio already. I'm sick of it. This team sucks. Call him up already. He's 2020 for two straight years in the minors. Why is he down there? I'm done. The Mets are going to be in that position for a very long time, Barry. I hate to, to be the bearer of bad tidings. Uh, and again, I appreciate everybody in the comments section. Great platform. Gents enjoyed the show. Thanks to everybody who tuned in, who chimed in the comments section. Be sure to share this show. We hope to be back next Tuesday at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific time, the 8 o'clock spot, live here on the Grid Network's YouTube channel uh, and on Twitter, X, wherever the flip it's called these days. Uh, check out the All Even podcast uh, on the Grid Network. Check out my thoughts, my opinion, and the At The Bank podcast uh, here on the Grid as well. My show, Carving It Up Live, and of course, uh, may while he may not be necessarily on the network yet, uh, John John uh, John Rivera, the Fan Perspective Podcast. Check out their show as well. Really appreciate him coming on and competing today. Fellas, great stuff as always. Hope to be back next week. But until then, this is Bryson Carver from the 8 o'clock spot signing off. Big trust, Bryce. <laughs> See, no, we don't do that. Stop it. Stop it right now. No. No.